highest of heights to the depths of the sea. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, You see that you are accomplishing nothing. They were so jealous of Jesus. Do you see, guys? You're, you're accomplishing nothing. You're supposed to be the spiritual leaders, and nobodys they're all flocking to Jesus. Do you see how you're accomplishing nothing? Look, the world has gone after them, after him. Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. The crowds adored Jesus because they believed that the raising of Lazarus from the dead proved that Jesus could be the conquering Messiah they longed for. The popularity of Jesus was offensive to his enemies. It made them feel that they were accomplishing nothing. They were concerned that a few Judeans were being influenced. But their words expressed John's conviction that Jesus was conquering the world. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he concludes this portion of John's Gospel. The didn't really understand what this was significant, but did God upbraid them? Did Jesus upbraid them? Did he say, you know, you guys have been with me for three and a half years, and I know you believe in me, but you, you didn't understand what this is all, sorry, um, I just don't want to be your friend anymore. You're not part of my club, guys. Sorry, I've got to move on. I've got to go somewhere else. Did he say that to them? No, he did not. Why? Because he's a God of grace. He's a God of grace. And so if you're, it doesn't matter what we know up here. I mean, even the, what I shared this morning is a review to some of you, but even if you didn't completely comprehend it, is that going to somehow get in the way of your relationship with Jesus? No, it's not. It's not what you know. It's who you know. That's right, and who knows us. Right, exactly. So the knowledge is nice because it affirms our faith, it helps us, but it's not necessary. Even the disciples didn't know. And let me tell you, those guys were walking with him every day for three and a half years. So they knew, they knew. They didn't understand completely. And, you know, as we look at, uh, even like Luke chapter 18, it says that in verse 31, it speaks of the disciples not understanding certain things. And I fit that, I fit that mold because I, there's a lot I don't understand, but I know enough. I know the most important thing. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. If that's not enough for you, well, that's not enough for you, I guess. It's enough for me. 
But the more I get to know him, the more I read and study his word, the more it fills in the, 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 the cracks in my faith. It fills in all these things that I didn't know. And what does it, what does it do to me? It, it provokes a response from me, doesn't it? It provokes worship in me because the more I learn, the more I understand, the more I'm like, oh my goodness, I had no idea. I had no idea, Lord. I know you've saved me. You've changed me in the inside. I know that. I know I'm going to heaven by your grace because of what you've done for me. And I'm born again, and I'm filling in the cracks every single day. I'm filling in things, and I'm just blowing my mind as I read and as you read the Word of God. We're learning and we're growing, and God's going, oh, just keep going, keep going. Never check in your brain at the door. God doesn't require you to come to him with blind faith. No, come with all of your intellect. Come with all your degrees. He'll challenge you. You read his word, and it will challenge you, as it did Sir Robert Anderson, a very educated, very brilliant man. Many of the most brilliant people in the world, when they've really sat down and looked at the evidence, they gave their heart to Christ. And I don't claim to be one of those men. They took Jesus. Jesus took the twelve aside and he said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man will be accomplished, for he will be delivered to the Gentiles and will be mocked and insulted and spit on, and they will scourge him and kill him, and the third day he will rise again. Jesus told them this before it even happened at least three different times, but notice what it says in Luke 18, verse 34, but they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not know the things which were spoken, even though the scriptures in the Old Testament prophesied of Jesus coming and dying. I, you know, Psalm 16, verse 10, Isaiah 53, Psalm 22, you know, there's a bunch more, Genesis 3:15. All of these scriptures, these all knew, and yet at the time they did not understand any of these things. I find myself in good company with the disciples. <laughs> I do. And maybe you do too, because it's not about what we know, it's who we know. It's who we know. One final thing, in John chapter 2, verse 19, it says, Jesus now speaking to the religious leaders, the Jews, he answered and he said to them, destroy this temple, speaking of the temple of Herod, you destroy this and in three days I will rise it up. And then the Jews said, it has taken 46 years for Herod to build this temple and will you raise it up in three days? And, but he was speaking of the temple of his body. Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, notice his disciples then remembered that he had said this to them, and they believed the scriptures that the word uh, and the word which Jesus has said to them. After the fact, they remembered. <laughs> Do you find yourself remembering after the fact? <laughs> you know, and I mean I, that happens to me often. I feel like sometimes it takes me an hour and a half to watch sixty minutes. A little slow. These guys were slow too. We're in good company. <laughs> they didn't get to heaven because of their scholarly understanding. They got to heaven because of their faith and their relationship with Jesus. It was who they knew, not what they knew. And it is not necessary um, uh, what you know, but it's who you know. And it's even true today in our culture, isn't it? It's not what you know so much. It helps. But more importantly, it's who you know. 
You get into that job, young man, as your grandfather and your father was working at a, 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 a successful company, and they were some of the best workers, and then the, the foreman comes to you one day and says, hey, you're so-and-so's boy, and you're just out of high school. Why don't you come work? I know your family. It's who he knew, and he gets in. Your home has repairs that needed to be done, and you call a contractor, and they can't, they gotta schedule all four months, but hey, your daughter's married to a general contractor, and you call him and you say, Dad, I'll, I'll make sure to get this done next week. It's not what you know, it's who you know. And in the kingdom of God, it's the same. But it's different, it's holy. Because God is holy. It's not what you know but it's who you know. So they didn't even have a knowledge. And it's all about our relationship with Jesus. What does it say in Ephesians 2? We're going to wrap up here in just a second. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul tells the Ephesians, for by grace, God's unmerited favor, you have been saved through faith. And that, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So our being saved is by grace, through faith, and it's a gift. Salvation is a gift. And it is not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It's not about what you know. It's not about your giftings. It's not about anything that you could do that gets you saved. It's belief in him. It's by grace that you're saved. God's unmerited favor that we ask him and say, Lord, I am simply a sinner and I need your salvation. I need your forgiveness. I need you to save me, Lord. And he says, I forgive you. Welcome to the family. If you are sincere in your heart, God makes sure. So back in our text, therefore the people, verse 17, who were with him, with Jesus, when he had called Lazarus out of his tomb and they raised him from the dead, they were also there witnessing all these things. And for this reason, the people also met him because they heard that he had done this sign, this last sign in the book of John of Lazarus being coming to life again. And then finally in verse 19, let's look at this, and we're going to end here this morning. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, you see that you are accomplishing nothing. They were so jealous of Jesus. Do you see, guys? You're, you're accomplishing nothing. You're supposed to be the spiritual leaders, and nobodys they're all flocking to Jesus. Do you see how you're accomplishing nothing? Look, the world has gone after them, after him. And I thought to myself this morning, and this week as I was reading this, would to God that the world was going after Jesus. Would to God that the world was going after Jesus. After all, isn't this the reason that he came into the world? To save sinners from eternal damnation? Yes, hell is eternal. But also, salvation in Christ is eternal. We're talking a time that will never end. Which side are you on this morning? What decision have you made concerning Christ? There's plenty of evidence. I read to you some of the most significant today. There's a lot more. Do you believe in the Word of God? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? You really should, because He loves you. And He wants you to, be, to come to Him. He wants you to turn from your sin. He wants you to come to salvation. 
Because it's his will that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave. God the Father gave his only begotten Son, Jesus, the Son of God. He gave him that whosoever believeth in him would not perish for eternity, but have everlasting life. That's a promise. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Have you made that decision? For those of us who are here, hopefully all of you had. For those online or those listening in on the radio, have you made that decision today? You must make that decision today because guess what, folks? I don't know if you've looked around and watched the news, but time is winding down. The things that are happening in our world are winding down exactly the way the Scripture has been telling us for a, thousand, a couple thousand years. And are you going to respond to that and scoff and say, well, that's just a bunch of coincidence? I'd recommend that you don't. The proof is overwhelming. And only the Spirit of God can touch your heart and my heart. Again, it's not through knowledge. All these things are wonderful and good. They, they encourage us. But you have to believe by faith. And there's more than enough there to believe by faith. Will you make that decision? And we didn't even talk about the 70th week coming that's coming on the horizon when the churches are moved. We could happen today. I hope to God that the Lord returns today. Before we even say amen to this service, I pray that we hear the trump of God and he takes us. Changes these bodies into celestial bodies. The same body that Christ was given will be given to you and I. and We will be raised to meet him in the clouds. And then there is going to be a time on the earth. The Bible calls the 70th week of Daniel. It's also called the Great Tribulation Period. In other uh, prophets, it's called the time of Jacob's trouble. It's coming. Do you want to be with Christ and escape this time that's coming upon the earth? And we're seeing the hallmarks of it all around us. If you've got breath, breathing, going through your lungs, and you've been paying attention in this world, especially the last couple of years, things are wrapping up. They're ramping up, folks. And aren't you glad that God has shown us the end? He's shown us these things before they begin to encourage us. That's what a good shepherd does. If we didn't know these things, we'd be scared out of our mind like the rest of the world. Why do you think that they're turning to drugs and alcohol and turning to every other vice known to man? Why do you think there's more people in mental institutions? Why do you think so many people are popping pills to sleep at night and losing their minds because they don't have what you and I have? We have the knowledge of God. Well, not all of the knowledge of God, but we've got enough. He's told us these things. So are you going to give your heart to Christ? Jesus, speaking to Nicodemus, notice what he said to him in John chapter 3. A very religious man, by the way. He told Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Unless you are born again, you can't even see the kingdom of God. He would go on to the fifth verse of that same chapter, and he said, Nicodemus, most assuredly, I tell you, unless you are born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. 
Yes, you, Nicodemus, you very religious man, a very nice man. But his faith wasn't in Christ, but it became because he was one of the two that brought Jesus' body down from the cross, him and Nicodemus. Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea, he gave his heart to Christ. Are you going to give your heart to Christ? Have you given your heart to Christ? And if you haven't, why are you waiting? Time is not on your side. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. I've used this story before, but it's a true story. Remember those young ladies, those five cheerleaders from Fairport High School back in 2015? They had just graduated from high school. They had their whole world ahead of them, their whole life ahead of them. And they were involved in a fiery crash along Canisius Lake, and all five of them died in a fiery car crash. They thought they had tomorrow. They didn't have tomorrow. And you and I are not guaranteed even another breath that we take. Think of the gift that is. What a wonderful gift it is that God has given us breath. He's given us life. And he wants you to live it more abundantly. He wants you to live it and and rejoice in him and to know how much he loves you, what he's done for you. It's incredible. It's incredible. Would you let your heart be totally raptured by him? Would you let your heart be open to him today? I've read this verse, and we'll end with this, but this is such a poignant verse for us to end on. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. But then verse 17 goes on, and it says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That they might be saved. And we live in this wonderful time called the Age of Grace, But folks, listen, when that age of grace ends, I believe is when the church is removed and the age of grace is going to be very slim, very slim. So what are you waiting for? Now, for those of you who have never given your heart to Christ, I would encourage you, I'd implore you to do that today. You must be born again. That's not my command. That's Jesus' command. If the one who created all things says you must be born again, I think it's a pretty good idea. It's not like, it's, it's probably a good idea, you know, that you come to Christ and know him. And I, I don't know about you, but is there anybody here this morning that says, you know, I, I just don't, I, I don't feel it. I don't, I don't know. I, I want to do my own thing, you know. I want to I go over to the Middle East and study crystals and, 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 and get in a lotus position and contemplate my navel. I want to do all these things. I I don't know if I can really believe it. It just seems so far-fetched to me. It's more real than anything else you've ever heard before. Give your heart to Christ today. Do not delay. Do not delay. Why? Because he loves you. The love of God is so wonderful. And I'm still just learning Daily, I'm learning just like you are. If this morning, and and again, we don't do many altar calls here, of course, and God doesn't need you to come down to the floor, 
You can do it right from where you're sitting or right from where you're sitting in your home or listening in your car as you're riding and listening. Right now, you can do that. And it's the greatest decision you'll ever make. Will you make that decision? And this morning, if you are here and you're in that place, would you speak and talk to somebody? Come up to the front if you want, after we're done. Be glad to pray with you. The other pastors, they can come up. If, if people come up, come on up, guys. When, you know, when, that, when that occurs, there's more than one. Let's pray with you. You don't need to pray with us. You can pray somebody next to you. There's nothing fancy about us. But get it done. Get it done. And then let your life be changed forever and draw close to the Lord. Dive into the Word of God. Trust Him. And especially in the times that we live in, don't give yourself, don't lend yourself to the fear that they're trying to promote out there. It's going to unsettle you. He, God is the, he is the Prince of Peace. He's not given us the spirit of fear, but of sound mind. A sound mind. So if that is you this morning, we pray that you'll make that decision for Christ. Be born again, born from above, the Spirit of God indwelling you, and He will never take it from you. What God does is perfect, and when He's got you, He's got you. Turn with me really quick to John chapter 20. We'll end with this. I know I said I was going to end a while ago, but I lied. Actually, it's, uh, it's John chapter 10, I'm sorry. I was thinking in multiples of 10. John chapter 10. Beginning in verse 25, just down through verse 30. Just to encourage you that you have assurance. There's an assurance of salvation. And John's Gospel chapter 10, verse 25, Jesus Answered them, he says, I told you, and you do not believe, and the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me, but you do not believe. He's speaking to the unbelieving Jews, because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. When you belong to Christ, you will not be snatched back away. When you belong to him, no one is able to snatch you out of God's hand when he has you and when you've given your heart to him. He goes on, My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one, and no one, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. That's pretty good assurance, wouldn't you say? That's great insurance. So give your heart to Christ. Let's stand. And let's pray. Again, come up if you'd like to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together this morning, Lord. I know that we went a little longer. (laughs) But Father, I pray that you would encourage each of our hearts today and that we would give our heart to you completely. And for those of us who have known you for some time, Lord, just draw us closer. 
Draw us closer and help us to walk with you, to walk with you, to continue walking with you, and to put away those things of darkness and never to look upon them again, Lord. And we just thank you for your love and grace. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said? Amen. 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 God bless you. That's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.